nutrition and lifestyle transformation coach. I'm the founder and CEO of Never Settle Lifestyle, a company created to guide you in the pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself through the complete wellness of your body, mind, and soul. I am here to journey along with you as you transform your life and no longer settle for less than what you are truly capable of. I'll show you how to finally take a stand for maintaining your life balance while performing at an elite level with grace and ease. I'll share with you the methodology of habit and change psychology that has changed my life and the lives of so many others. Together, we'll commit to the relentless pursuit of progress, all the while not taking life too seriously. Here we revolutionize your resilience as you begin to get comfortable with adversity. Welcome to the Never Settle Lifestyle Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Never Settle Life Podcast. I hope you are thoroughly enjoying your holiday season and would like to just take a moment to give you a little reminder that just because it's the holiday season and you're likely spending your time going from one thing to the next, this does not mean that your goals get to take a back seat. In fact, my observation and through years of experience with what I do, I have found that those that are most resilient and most successful are very intentional with their time during the holiday season. And y'all, this doesn't mean that you're adding more to your plate to crush it and get things done. What it means is that you simply knock off these daily habits regardless of what you have going on in your life. So with our guest today, Jake Thompson, we're actually gonna get into just that. So Jake is a keynote speaker and chief encouragement officer at Compete Every Day, a brand he started in 2011 by selling t-shirts out of the trunk of his car. Jake works with organizations and individuals around the country, teaching how they can develop accountability, mental resilience, and leadership skills in order to achieve more in their careers and in their life. It's through his entrepreneurial sales experience and research that he's discovered how people who harness competitive mindsets against their own previous best can reach their goals, commit to action over motivation, and create the influence as the leader that they were created to be. Jake is a third-generation entrepreneur, the youngest strategic advisory board member at the University of Dallas's College of Business, and a graduate of both Texas Christian University and the University of Dallas. He lives in Dallas slash Fort Worth with his wife, Elena, and their two boxers, Huckleberry and Sugar. As you'll find today during our podcast, Jake is super passionate about competition. He's passionate about helping people learn to compete for the things that they want out of their life. 
He knows firsthand how this daily mindset helps people become more resilient, more successful, and mentally tough to handle everything life throws at them. So y'all, as I mentioned a few times in this podcast, I consume Jake's content very regularly. He keeps me on my toes. He really reminds me of what I'm doing and reminds me consistently of the healthy mindset that's essential to achieve everything that I would like to achieve in this life. So I know you all are going to get so much out of this podcast. We have so much fun. I learned quite a bit. We're going to talk about how getting intentional with your time is essential to operating at a high level, Um, how focusing on the process as opposed to the outcome is very important. We're going to talk about resilience. We're going to talk about tracking your goals and why this is so crucial. And then how to achieve your goals even when you don't feel ready. So enjoy this podcast today and I will catch you guys on the other side. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the podcast. I would like to welcome Jake Thompson. Again, he's the keynote speaker and chief encouragement officer at Compete Every Day. Welcome. What's up, Kim? I'm excited to hang out again with you. Yes, you guys. So we got to know each other. Um, I've done a photo shoot for Jake for his company, Compete Every Day. I'll let him tell you all a bit about that and what it entails, but um, it was just a great thing. We were able to be connected. We align on so many values and our companies are very similar <laughs> in their beliefs. So you all are going to really enjoy this today. Yeah, no, it, it was fun. And, and j- shout out to Jill at, at Beyond the Script Photography who connected us because Jill does a lot of our photography in Ohio and I've worked with her since she was in Oklahoma. So uh, shout out to Jill for the introduction. And then you and I got to jam, what, a week or two ago, talking a little bit about the brands and getting connected. And today we're getting to hang out and your listeners are in for a treat, hopefully, as we add a little value and, and help them better show up every day. Yes, I love it. I'm so excited. Okay, so I want to kick it off just by getting our audience familiar with what you do. Tell us about Compete Every Day. Tell us about a bit about your story, how you got to where you are now. Yeah, so the loaded question, what do you do? Because it, it, for anybody that's familiar with the brand, it looked very different than when it started in 2011. Um, back then, I was just slinging t-shirts out of the trunk of my car with this message, Compete Every Day. Uh, trying to get people not to settle. Uh, you know, you're speaking your language of like, what would it look like if we pursued greatness in every area of our life instead of believing that we couldn't be better than we were yesterday, that we had to take what somebody else said for, you know, face value and apply it to our life because that was their limit. And so that was kind of back then. But today, snapshot, I look at it as first and foremost, a brand and then a training and development company. And that's a very different feel than a lot of people would say once they go to our website, because we still have a huge e-commerce position. We do apparel this time of year in December holidays. Uh, It's a big online shopping month for us, but we also, we sell my book that came out last year. We dropped a journal this fall. Um, And then majority of my focus is on teaching. So I keynote speaking, I host workshops for companies that do coaching one-on-one and small group around leadership, sales, and mental performance. Uh, and then do a lot of the content for our podcast and show around that. And so the first and foremost, our mission is to just help people build a winning mindset 
because we understand if you can change how you think, how you believe, how you see yourself, you change how you show up. And then everything we create off of that really is a reinforcement. So the shirts and apparel, it's really designed to empower you when you wear it with the reminder that you don't need something else. You don't need this. I mean, it's funny enough as it is. You don't need this shirt to remind you greatness lies within and you can make winning choices, but we just see it's a great way to be that consistent reminder for people. Um, and so, yeah, so we're a multifaceted uh, training and development company that's just about helping people that are ambitious and driven, uh, that want to go win, figure out how they can build the mindset and skills to go win. Awesome. Yes. And I want you all to know that are listening. You guys, like I listen to Jake's podcast. I consume his content heavily. He is my behind the scenes of who keeps me going. Like I'm waking up, I'm looking at his messages and it's reminding me of why I do what I do. So if you're curious about you know, what your coach is up to. <laughs> this is what I'm consuming. Um, and, and which I'm- I, I want to hit on because like, I talked to somebody about this the other day of like, there's all this stuff out there. And so people assume like you, because you're coaching clients and me, because I'm coaching and speaking like that, that's pretty much all we do. But half of our job is learning and consuming from others and having to put our spin on it or a spin that fits our audience. And everybody that's out there producing stuff, this is stuff Zig Ziglar talked about decades ago. Uh, if you've ever read How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, like it's in that, The Greatest Salesman in the World by Augment Dino, like it's all of this OG stuff that everybody is having to learn and build. And so like, if your coach is like, if you're listening to this and, and you're not coached by Kim, my first question is why not? But if you aren't, and your first question is by somebody who's coaching you is like, what are you reading and consuming? Because if they don't immediately have like a book, a podcast, somebody they're learning from, like that's a warning sign for me because the best coaches, the, the most ambitious people always have this mentality of be curious and constantly learn because you need to learn more to be able to help others. And if you feel like you've arrived and you're there and you know it all, it's the most dangerous thing in the world from an individual growth standpoint, and especially from a coaching standpoint. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're not growing, you're dying. That's it period. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have so many questions. Um, so I, I know that you travel quite a bit as a keynote speaker and my audience is full of high performers, very busy people that are trying to learn how to manage and balance their life while still performing at an elite level, not burn themselves out. Um, my first question is how many weeks out of the year do you travel? COVID changed quite a bit of that. Uh, you know, it's funny when I was early in the business and we were doing CrossFit competitions, race marathons, expos, and I would go set up and work anywhere from one to four days at these events, I was probably traveling 45 weekends a year. Wow. Um, so that sucked, but it was just loaded up, drive, let's do what you got to do. Now I would say I'm probably traveling one to two days a week um, is kind of the ideal and where we're looking at for 2022. Obviously COVID changed a lot where we did a lot more virtual this year. It's been about a 70, 30 split in terms of 70% on the road, 30% at home. But the difference is it's usually flying and fly out. Like it's a one night deal. So I go to Chicago next week. I get in the afternoon, spend the night, get up the next morning, do a 90 minute keynote. And then I'm flying back that night. So it's a quick trip. So I would say on the whole, 
the goal for me every year is about a hundred days, 90 to a hundred days gone. Um, because that hits a number of different goals that we have. Uh, this past year, I would probably say it's been about 45, 40 to 45, maybe a little bit more than that, um, mainly because some of my events have been back to back in the same state. Uh, and then I've had a lot here in DFW or Texas as well. That's kind of a same day deal. So I'm not gone as much as say I will be next year and going forward. Um, but I'm used to always being on the road in the past on weekends, which is dramatically different from a social relational standpoint with other people than now being gone on a Tuesday for a night and back Wednesday. Beautiful. Okay. That gives me some context because I know, I know you're a busy human being and I am very curious as to how you balance basically what you preach, you know, how are you incorporating that healthy lifestyle, balancing your relationships? Cause you're, I know you're married, like, yep. how do you get that time? And, um, you know, from a relational standpoint, how does it affect you? Yeah. So the current setup actually on speaking actually helps me more than the original when we first met, we've, we've been married about six and a half years. So when we met and started dating, I was gone on the weekends, which is when she's off work. She's in real estate, um, runs a title branch here in Dallas. And so that was a little bit of us getting used to it. And also one of the reasons me realizing, like, I don't always want to be on the road in expos and I need to kind of shift what we're doing now from a balance standpoint, I kind of hate the word balance uh, and solely being is because this idea of work-life balance hasn't been around, but maybe 30, 40 years, like it, it's really not that old. And everybody always assumes it's got to be 50, 50. Like you've got to get eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work, eight hours of life. And life really doesn't work that way. A lot of us, some of us are working longer hours because we're chasing specific goals or an industry we chose to be in. Some of us are having to spend more personal time because we have kids and, and there's a lot more to juggle. And so what I like to look at is how can I make everything flow better and not necessarily try to find a 50-50 because uh, you look at it from a flow standpoint you think about a river and the river has spots where it slows down. It has spots where it speeds up. It has little waterfalls where it's flying off the edge and then it has stillness. And so if you look at it from that standpoint, life has a similar flow. I have right now in the middle of kind of mid November to about mid to late December, life is chaos for me because our apparel business is all hands on deck, holiday shopping, holiday sales, Plus I have end of year speaking gigs. So time is super limited. Add on fact to the top that, uh, you know, we have holiday parties. My wife has company holiday parties and client events. So we just know this is a crazy time of year for us. And we go into it with the communication and understanding up front. Like we're not going to get as much one-on-one -on -one time. And so when we have it, we've got to make sure we're all present. We got to make sure we're grabbing dinner together or we're scheduling a weekend getaway. Or when we have Christmas, like, yeah, we're dealing with family, but the week after that, it's just you and I, and let's do three or four date nights that night. The other thing that we do pretty well is her and I love to travel and we don't have kids yet. We have a couple of dogs that we love and stay at our in-laws, but her and I love to travel. And so that's one of the things that we do to kind of get away is we go, go, go. And then we take trips to do the reset and see the world and experience different things like that. So that kind of sense works for us. The other thing that I've learned to be really intentional about is understanding the process versus the outcome. And I think when we become so obsessed on the outcome, the end goal, the finish line, 
It's really easy to get burnout for one, because that's the only thing you're focused on. It's really easy to get everything out of whack and feel like you're dropping the ball in multiple areas because you go all in, say, you know, starting in February, CrossFitters are all about the open and that's all they're focused on. So January, February, March, April, May, whatever. They're all in on that and everything else in their life just goes to the wayside because they give it no attention um, and no intention in those areas. And so what I try to do is pick out small targets every day. So if you think from a relational standpoint, make sure I'm not on my phone uh, during dinner with my spouse, or if we're going to watch a show or something in the evening to relax, make sure my phone is in another room. It's across the way. I'm not on it so that I'm making sure I'm in that present moment with her. And that's a way to grow the relationship is that quality time. From a training perspective, uh, I haven't trained for something other than just to stay healthy and in shape for years. And so I wanted a challenge. So this year I signed up to do a high rocks event in April, never done high rocks, have no idea what I'm getting into, except from what friends have told me, but it gives me a target to be intentionally training for, for the next four to five months. And then after that, I'll probably go back to what I was doing before, just training to maintain, be consistent and travel. Speaking wise, it's all seasonal. So end of year, beginning of year, you get a big rush. The rest are kind of spread out throughout the year for when companies and events have their conferences. But you know, these are the busy seasons. So how do I get dialed in during this time? And then when I'm not in that busy season, what most people do is it's out of sight, out of mind. I've got to make sure, okay, what am I doing this week to practice storytelling, to find new leads, to cultivate relationships with my current clients so that I'm always top of mind. So every day has a small one to two steps per health, relational, career, spiritual. Like I have little bitty steps in each area every day that I know if I check the box in that area today, I'm going to make progress. And I just focus on that versus What's my waistline? What am I out on the scale? How much am I lifting at this point? Like all of the things that eventually will accumulate to that point. I think that really helps me maintain the compete mentality is because every day I've given myself a benchmark of this is what I did yesterday. This is what I need to build on today. And you allow yourself to grow and measure. And then in different seasons for high rocks or speaking engagements, you go after those bigger goals, those things you haven't been doing that are outside of your comfort zone, just to test yourself and push yourself. And then you reestablish baselines after that of like, okay, I can actually run a couple of miles every day and, and be fine and not winded. Maybe I should mix that into my routine. Like you, you, but you don't know that until you start looking at the teeny tiny processes along the way. Does that make sense? Yes. That's okay. fabulous. That's so, so good. Very important. I mean, and I talk about this a lot with my clients is having that all or nothing mentality. And I was even told by a mentor of mine one time, it's like, you can have it all just not right now. And I'm like, okay, that's true to a degree, but can't I still incorporate these little things that add up to the bigger things over time? So yeah, and what you said right there is so important of you can have it all, but you can't going after all of it all the time, all in is, is impossible to do. However, what you said is perfect. You can set a fitness goal. Like my nutrition, working with you, my nutrition goal is this for the next 60 days. I want to get through the holidays, start January strong. So this is where most of my energy and focus go. However, I've also set little bitty daily targets of, I need to read 15 minutes. I need to do a date night once a week. And I'm setting these other targets in these other areas. So instead of going all in here and letting everything else fall apart during that, 
I'm moving everything else down the field at the same time in smaller steps than my main focus, but it's still advancing so that when I hit that goal and I want to switch gears and go all in on relational goal or career goal, I've already moved it much farther than having to go all the way back to the starting line and start over. Yes. I think people get so caught up in one thing at a time that they look up and it's just like, everything's just kind of, it's like, oh no, what happened to my relationship? You know? Yeah. So, oh, that's my so speaker good to- coach laughed. He was like, one of the guys was talking about like building a speaking business. It's a lot of outbound, especially early because nobody knows you. And some people they're like, I'm going to do two hours a month of finding prospects, pitching gigs. And he's like, I'd probably rather see you do like five to 10 minutes every day, like building the habit of doing it every single day. It it takes longer than, Hey, if I'm doing an hour or two hours every day or even that, but once a month, it's like the idea of I'm going to go to the gym once a month and expect great results. Like if you do that five minutes every day, you get into the routine that this is just what I do. I'm a person that wakes up early. I'm a person that trains. I'm a person that makes outbound. I'm a person that reads. Like you start to establish that identity of who you are, which makes those small steps a little bit easier, especially when you're an ambitious person, you're traveling, you're on the road, your schedule's off base. How you talk to yourself of, I'm a person that works out, walking into a hotel gym and there is a crappy dumpy treadmill in a little five by five box. You're like, well, I can do burpees and get on the treadmill because I'm someone that works out. It's not going to be as good as if I had a barbell or was in my garage or somewhere else, but because this is who I am, it's reinforcing that. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I want to segue into that um, with resilience. I know that this is something that you talk about quite a bit. I want you to talk about why it's important. (laughs) Why is it important? Why should we even care about becoming a resilient human, human being? Yeah, the bounce back. So resilience is nothing more than your ability, similar to mental toughness. When you get knocked down, how quickly can you refocus and restart again? And it's really important to me, especially the last two years, because there's been so many things outside of our control, depending on especially where you live. Like where I am in Texas is different than Ohio, is different than New York. And so there's all of these things that are outside of our control. And a lot of these things have knocked us off course. They've taken us out of our routine. They forced us to make new routines and people really easily shell up and go into kind of that victim mindset that the world's out to get me. All of this is outside of our control. In reality, everybody got knocked off course in March of 2020. There's not a person on earth whose routine, whose habits, everything was not changed. However, the people that still found a way to thrive we're the ones that can faster bounce back and say, okay, this has changed. What's still in my control? What can I reestablish? And so that's why I think it's so important because we're all going to face adversity and challenges in life. Some people it's divorce. Some people it's cancer. Some people it's the death of a child. Some people it's losing a job. Some people it's going bankrupt. Like we all have challenges and they're different scales. But to the person going through them, this is just the worst thing they've ever been through. They have nothing else to to compare it to. And the better we're able to kind of build resilience, to feel the feelings in the moment, to, to go through the grief, to go through the anger, but to more quickly bounce back and identify what is still in my control from an attitude, effort, actions, and focus standpoint. And what's one thing I can do today to be in a better position tomorrow we find that those people come out of the storms and they're really the ones that we look at in life for like, how did you do that? Like, how did you handle your spouse losing a job and dealing with breast cancer and, and all of these other things? And, and to them, it's like, I had no choice. 
But what it really was is throughout their life, they've done little bitty things and trained themselves to refocus and reset faster than a lot of other people have. And I believe resilience is a trained skill similar to mental toughness, similar to focus, to gratitude. It is something that we can train and develop. And the scariest part of life now, especially as the world reopens, is you're seeing people getting back into the routines you had before March of last year, whatever you did in 2019. And there's two schools of thought. The, I'm glad to be back, but the next time something big happens, I want to make sure I'm more prepared. So I'm doing the work now to better build my mindset. So when the inevitable happens, I can bounce back quicker from whatever knocks me off course because I know something will. Or you have the train of thought of, man, I'm glad to be back. Hope nothing like that ever happens again. And they just wait. And inevitably they're going to get knocked off course and they're going to wonder why they're not as resilient and not able to bounce back like somebody else when they fail to see the opportunity they have right now to start building or continue building that skill of the bounce back. Yes. Oh my gosh. Nailed it. Absolutely. I talk about that so often too with, and I call it getting back to center, you know, getting, getting back to where you need to be because life is going to knock you down and it's all about how quickly you can get back up. Um, And I love too how you added in, yes, feel your feelings along with it. Um, and I feel like the more we practice that and the more we practice getting back up, that comeback rate is so, so much faster. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny, I fired up some people apparently last week with one of our morning texts about like feelings and not letting feelings control you. And it was pretty interesting responses, but the idea was like, it's, I'm not telling people to not feel the feelings. Like my dog died. Like I cried for months about it. It still chokes me up. Like I feel the feelings. However, there's a difference between feeling the emotion of pain, of heartbreak, of disappointment, of all of that, and allowing that feeling to control what you do. And that's where we get into that dangerous space, because if we allowed our feelings to determine our actions, we'd never get out of bed. We'd only hit snooze. We'd never get off the couch, just binging Netflix. We'd never go into the gym because let's be honest, working out sometimes sucks. It does not feel good in the moment. We feel great afterwards. In the moment, it sucks. And so if we always give in to our feelings, we're never really going to get anywhere in life. And so the better we can understand of identify them, feel them, but be aware of them and then be aware of what are my goals, what are my steps and what are my commitments so that you make sure that they don't control you throughout that process. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm just like writing notes over here while you're talking. We're recording um, though this time. So we got it on recap. I know. I also like feel like I just still need to write it down. <laughs> that way it's like really sticking in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so being the chief of encouragement officer at Compete Every Day, which I love that title, by the way. Thank you. There is no doubt that you spend time with engaging with all kinds of people and helping them to you know, for, I guess, lack of a better phrase, get motivated. You know, that's why they're um, paying you to come speak and uh, have them essentially light a fire under their ass. Right. So what have you learned about working with people in that way in regards to the human nature? And let's take that person that truly is not resilient, but they want to make a change. Um, what have you found keeps them engaged and then gets them motivated to take action? 
Yeah. So the motivation side is an interesting one uh, because one of the things that I have to talk with all my clients about, because everybody that's either hired a speaker or been to an event has been in one of those rooms where the speaker is super engaging. They get everybody fired up. You want to run through a brick wall and then they finish. And about 30 minutes afterwards, you're thinking, well, that fired me up, but I have no idea what to do with anything they just said. And that, that is a company's biggest fear is because they're investing a substantial amount to hire you and they want to bring you in and get everybody fired up. But more than anything, they want to see change. Like the transformation is really what they're paying me for is to help their team transform. And so there's a couple of pieces that I really have learned and try to dial in on with people. The first is breaking everything down into the simple fact that life is about what choices you make and how you respond to challenges at the very least. What are the choices we make and, and how do we respond? Because we all have the opportunity to make good choices and to respond effectively. Most of us just haven't done it or haven't been trained on how to do it. And so the first is kind of established with everybody of like, listen, if you want change, you're the only person that can initiate. I can't make you, I can't motivate you, I can't get you to do anything. You have to understand it's in your power. Once you do, I want to help you by showing you some little tools and tricks that can help you in that process. So we talk self-talk, which is a big one of how do we just kind of change some of the language we use, which over time reinforces our perspective and how we show up. And then in my book, I use something called the competitor scorecard that at its very basic is a habit builder. And it's designed to say, hey, listen, if you want to read 30 books this year, and I ask my audiences this, hey, if I started a book club, we're going to read 30 books in 2022, who wants in? You get maybe two or three hands in a group of a few hundred people. Like Everybody's like, that's too much. However, when I say, okay, cool, let's skip that one. What if we just started a daily reading club and we spent 10 to 15 minutes every day reading a chapter? Well, then you start getting a lot of hands raised because people are like, I can read a chapter. I can do it at breakfast. I can do it with coffee. I can do it at lunch, maybe before I go to bed. Like a chapter is easy. Well, if you look at leadership, personal uh, development, self-help books, like based on the average number of chapters in those books, you could read anywhere from 32 to 36 books in a given year by reading one chapter a day. And when people kind of hear that, it starts to click of like, you want to lose hundred pounds, quit worrying about the scale and just say, Hey, what am I going to eat today? And how am I going to move for 30 minutes? That's it. That's the only things you need to worry about in that moment is the little steps. And so I try to equip everybody with this scorecard. And, and really when I'm in sales teams and organizations, we identify like, here's three things that if you did in your job every single day that we know you're capable of, but oftentimes you get busy and you overlook, like these are going to help you win. And just the same, if your personal goal is to work out and to start moving and you've never done it, just set a goal every day. I'm going to move for 30 minutes. I'm going to go outside for a walk. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to go to the gym. 30 minutes. That's it. They start to see like those little steps over time are within their control. And when we put it on a scorecard, just like you just said of writing it down, we visually see it. We can track it. We can see our progress. Once we see our progress, we're even more motivated to keep it going because we're able to see where we've come from. Most times people just completely give up because they start after a goal or maybe they're not motivated and they decide to start doing it and they do it for two to three weeks and they're not at the weight loss number they want because they're only staring at the scale and the outcome. They haven't tracked their workout. So they don't realize they went from a week of doing just bands and body weight to now they have a bar in their hands and they're moving an empty barbell. So when you fail to track stuff, you fail to see where you come from. And when you fail to see where you come from, 
you fail to be motivated to keep going because you don't understand the progress you've already made. You're just fixated on where you're not at currently. And so that's kind of how we start the process of reframing it around them of saying, hey, listen, short, teeny tiny goals, track it. Here's why you want to track it, build it, and then go along the way. And sometimes you're going to set a goal and you're going to fall short. Hey, in three months, I want to do this. But guess what? That's competition. You set a goal, try to win a game. Sometimes you lose a game, but in that loss, you understand, okay, here's what I need to do better next time. So when you start back after that goal for the next 90 days, you understand, okay, here's where I messed up. Here's how I can curb it. Here's what I did well that I can build on and let's go. And so that's kind of really the big piece of it. Um, you know, the, the biggest, I think for me, based on the talk you and I had last time and really spent all day kind of working on a keynote for next week, is you think about the word encouragement, it's really inspire courage to get someone else to look inside and make a courageous decision. That is it at its core. And our biggest challenges in life, it's just fear. Like at the end of the day, fear is the biggest thing we have to worry about and what it most times disguises itself as because people listening are like, I'm not really afraid. It disguises itself as comfort and complacency because it's more comfortable to sit on the couch and watch Netflix than to spend 30 minutes to an hour working on a goal that we may or may not hit. And if we don't watch this season of Ozark, then what are we going to talk to about with our coworkers at the water cooler? And if we tell them, hey, I've never seen Game of Thrones, they're going to look at us weird and they're not going to talk to us. So we're worried about that social outcast. We're worried about the discomfort and afraid that if we go after a goal and we fall short, what are other people going to think about us? And then what does that make us? Or I'm afraid that I may try something and find out I just don't have it. Like I'm, I'm, I just don't have the talent or the level to get to that point. And we worry about how that makes us feel and what that becomes of us. And fear is, is the single biggest driver in life and the single biggest battle we have. And, and when we talk about not motivated, we're probably motivated. We're just not motivated or identified a way enough to overcome that fear and make a courageous decision. Because right now the comfort and the complacency is safer for us and more comfortable because there's no chance of losing there. There's no chance of missing a goal. There's no chance of falling short. What we fail to realize is that's the most dangerous play you can make because there's no opportunities to succeed. And at the end of life, regret for not going after something and trying something and betting on yourself is a far heavier burden than failure. Oh, so well said. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's, and that's it. Like, if you're not motivated, like if you're, afraid to go after you have a weight loss goal and you've never hired a coach and you're scared to hire a coach because well I don't know if I could do this like what you're essentially saying is like I'm gonna live in fear because the idea of going after the life I want is scarier or what if I hire a coach and it doesn't work out is it the coach's fault no it's probably my fault so what did I do and, and so we just live in this entire bubble of fear versus saying like I'm going to hire a coach. I'm going to give up my best shot. And if it doesn't work out, I'm going to learn why it didn't work out. So I get better in the process and then find a way to keep going. And that's really the difference in life between successful people and unsuccessful. It's not that they don't fail. It's not that they're not afraid. They they're afraid just the same. They just made a decision to move forward despite feeling afraid while others don't. <laughs> Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.
I would like to just take a second and discuss with you how our small habits become our behaviors. And after some time, those behaviors define who we are. So how do you identify? Are you the type of person that eats healthy at least 80% of the time? Do you get plenty of sleep? Are you the type of person that is apt to have hard conversations and lean into adversity? Do you challenge yourself with workouts that push your comfort zone while incorporating proper rest and recovery strategies? Are you laser focused on your growth while truly enjoying life? So maybe this isn't quite you. Maybe you can't really relate, but maybe this is the type of person that you would like to become. If that's the case, I have a program that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Never Settle Lifestyle 30 Day Kickstart. I designed this program to help you hit the reset button on your health, your fitness, and your life. You're going to become laser focused with your discipline, your habits, your mindset, and begin to live in such a way that gives you greater intention to help you move towards what it is you want to achieve out of this life. So here's how it works. Every day for 30 days, you're going to complete each of these six habits. You'll be locked in on your nutrition, your hydration, your sleep, movement, growth, and reflection. For each habit you complete daily, you're going to get one point. The goal at the end of the month is to achieve all 210 points. Now, the goal is not perfection, y'all. This is to help you get closer and more consistent with these small daily habits that are going to allow you to feel and look your very best while staying laser focused on what matters most to you. Stepping into a more elevated version of yourself is going to require this level of commitment and consistency. And this is where we begin. The program includes the Never Set a Lifestyle Nutrition Guide complete with grocery lists, serving sizes, and meal prep guides that's going to fit you no matter what your diet preferences are. If you're local to the Cleveland area, you'll receive free access to work out at C4 Athletics for two weeks straight. You'll receive downloadable workouts that you can do anytime and anywhere, along with access to workshops that have only been exclusively available to NSL members until now. There's so much more involved with this, and I can't wait to share it with you all. If you think this would be a great fit for you and you're ready to take things up a notch, check out the link in the show notes to sign up and learn more. We're going to begin very soon, so be sure to check out the date that we begin. All right, now let's get back to the show. Yes, yes. And I'm such a strong believer as to that is why we were put on the face of this earth is to embrace these challenges, become better and to help others along the way. Oh yeah. My. It's always scarier in our heads than it is in real life. I read an article yesterday, Tim Ferriss, the famous podcaster and author of four hour work week. He does a, I think it's called fear setting every month or every year. And he literally writes down his biggest fears writes down worst case situation if it happens, writes down how am I going to respond to it? Like he literally identifies everything in this giant word vomit of what could go wrong, what could go right, how will I respond to it, what will I handle? And he said, going through that exercise helps him better understand the fear, makes him less afraid of it. It's still there, he's still fearful of it, but he's less afraid of it. And he's created a game plan 
so that if it happens, he already knows how he's going to respond. He already knows what he's going to do in the worst case situation. He already knows where he's going to go. And so therefore you're mapping it. It's like going into a military battle. Of course, Navy SEALs, when they go into combat, like they've planned for the worst situation, getting dropped off and being completely surrounded. They hope that doesn't happen. But they've made a game plan, given the worst case situation, how are we going to respond? And then off of that, they just work it down to here's the ideal game plan. But we already have accounted for everything else. It's not believing or writing it down and thinking, oh, my God, this is suddenly going to happen now or I'm, I'm speaking it into existence. It's, yeah. it's no, it's identifying it, making the plan to make yourself fear less. There's no such thing as living fearless, but fearing less and then going after and attacking the goal that you know, deep down, you really want, you're just letting fear talk you out of going after it. Yes. A hundred percent. And it's too, like for those of you that are listening, that are into law of attraction, there's also law of action that has to go with that. Right. Oh, (laughs) please Um, speak, speak on that one. So it's, it's super important. Um, because like, I'm not going to lie, I'm into that stuff, but it's like, I also understand and I put it in action all the time of, okay, just like with the fear setting, you know, we let's, let's cast what could go wrong and then also decide what could go right. Take massive action towards it. Like you cannot just wish it into existence and sit on your couch and la-di-da, hope it just falls right into your lap. Like it just doesn't work like that. Hope is not a strategy for success wishing for it never beats working for it. And so I believe in being optimistic in your goals. If you set a goal, I believe being optimistic that I believe I can grow into the person who can achieve this. And I talk that way. My self-talk is that way. And the way you talk to yourself is incredibly important, but most people I think make the mistake, especially when you talk law of attraction is they believe it's just going to happen because they wrote it down and they talked about it or they dreamed about it and they tell themselves they're going to be rich one day and they're doing nothing to take care of their finances or add additional income or build a business. And then they wonder, well, this whole thing is crap. Yeah. And it frustrates me when I see people talk about it because I'm like, there's a, there's an aspect of, you have to believe in yourself. You have to change your thoughts. If you want to change your life, you have to change what you consume mentally. If you want to change your life. However, what you just said, like the work is is the game changer. And that's really the decision to work. The choice to start working for a goal is the big dividing line for most people, because there's a lot of people on the one side that will talk about it. They'll dream about it. They'll wish for it. There's very few that will work for it because working for it means you might mess up. You might fail. It might be sloppy, but uh, you know, one of the phrases in football they say is, is smooth hands. Don't lift championship trophies. You've got to have calluses. They've got to be dirty. You got to, you know, work your tail off. Like you're in the gym, your hands are going to be all torn up sometimes on a bar, but that's proof you've done the work. And the same applies with your goals. And so there's a, there's a very much a place for believing and optimism, but the biggest factor is are you working toward it because just like you said like you believe in the law of attraction you do all this but you put in the work and that's the biggest key and that's what separates you from everyone who talks and tells others they're going to be a coach one day but don't do anything but consume yes something that I work on with my clients is actually creating a vision it's an exercise that we'll do I'm like all right let's think about you five years from now 
what are you doing? Who are you with? What is your health like? What is your body like? What kind of clothes do you wear? What car do you drive? Where do you live? And I put them into this setting and it's like, all right, that is what's coming your way now. Let's get excited. Let's have fun. And then let's, here's now what we're going to focus on. Let's forget about all that. Let's take the action. Yeah, no, that's, and that's so incredibly important. It, it's like the idea of, of going on a road trip and you're going to drive from Texas or Ohio to the Grand Canyon. And so you pull out a map, you know, what highways you're going, you know, really what the Grand Canyon looks like. You've got it in your mind. You've got the vision, you know, where it is in Arizona. And now once you know what it looks like, where it is now you're working backwards. Okay. If we're going to start here, how do, what highway do we take? Where are we going to stop? What do we need to do along the way? What do we need to pack in the car? Who's coming with us? Who's got the playlist? Like you go start at the destination, then you work all the way back of like all the little things that are going to help you get there. And that, that exercise is so important because you want to know like visualization. Like I want to know ahead of time what it feels like when I step into a 80 or a hundred thousand person sold out stadium to do a keynote. Like I've already envisioned it in my head. Once I did that, it's not like I'm living there. It's like, I'm going to practice it as a reminder of this is what I'm working toward. And then I'm going to ask myself, what do I actually need to do today to get a day closer to that? Well, I need to do outbound sales. I need to get more gigs. I need to build the brand. So then you start focusing on it. Hey man, I want to, I want to have a six pack. I want to have bulging biceps, whatever the case may be. I'm imagining it. Cool. Four years from now, that's what you want. Cool. What are we going to put into our body today? And how are we going to lift and build to get there? And then that's all we focus on is what is the process? knowing that the process done right and done repeatedly helps take care of the outcome. Beautiful. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Um, I want to know, A, have you experienced burnout with what you do? B, what'd you do about it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, actually, you know, I, I think, I don't know if we chatted about this the other day, but I, I kind of got to that point recently, I've had it a few times. And really for me, it's the signal that I'm doing too much in the business instead of on the business. And so that's really where I start to get the warning signs is when I'm getting just exhausted from doing little things. And I feel like I'm being super productive because I'm getting a lot done, but I'm wearing myself out. I'm realizing I'm getting out of where my strengths set are and I'm really kind of in the weeds of the business instead of where I need to be at the top. And so I've had that happen a couple of times. So the one was years ago, really when we started shifting the business toward what it is now of, I was just getting tired of being on the road every weekend, working events, you know, you're gone, like I said, 45 night weekends a year. And you're, I'm just burnt out of being on the highway. Uh, I've driven Dallas to Columbus. I don't know how many times I've driven to LA. Like you just get worn out with it. And I was like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And so at that point, we just started game planning. How do we want to turn the business? What's the best way to do it? And we eventually went that route. The second part was really this year because I create so much content between the podcast, my blog, um, social media, because I run the, the compete account. I run my own account. Um, that focuses more on the speaking stuff. There's a lot of moving pieces. And I was like, I can't keep doing all of this because it, it helps move the brand, but it's not at all as effective if I'm not really good at less. And so we just kind of went through the list and we're like, what's everything I'm doing? Every activity, every action step, everything that I think, honestly, anybody in a leadership position needs to do every six months, if not every quarter. 
write down every activity you're doing and then start identifying what adds to where I want to go, what's reinforcing where I am now and what's holding me back from getting to where I want to go. And what you see is a lot of times we start adding little activities onto our plate that feel good because we can accomplish them quick and easy, but they're not things we should be doing. And they're little activities and actions that we should be hiring someone else to do or delegating to a member of our team or just not doing all together. And so for me, it was really taking the step back and saying, okay, where's all this? What gives me the most passion? What keeps the business moving the best? And how can I do more of that and less of everything else? And for me, it was speaking and creating content. Like that is my sweet spot. That both helps build the brand and builds the stages of where we ultimately want to go as a company. And so I have a list of everything else on my plate. And I'm literally in the process of, of trying to find a VA right now that uh, can take on some of that. Uh, one of the marketing guys on my team is going to take on some more responsibilities in January. And so those pieces are kind of coming together so that I can focus more on what we need to do to grow. And that helps tremendously with burnout. Uh, the other thing that helps dramatically with burnout is the idea of focusing not on where you aren't, but on where you are. And I think we really get burnout and stressed out when we focus on how much work we have left, how far we have left to go, what all is left in where we're trying to go versus what do I just need to do today to put points on the board? And you look at it from weight loss, you look at it from a work standpoint, it's rarely like a single day that we get burnout at work. It's looking at everything we're doing, plus what's next week, plus what's the week after, plus we, we're piling everything up and not worrying about today and being where our feet are. And so the challenge for me is anytime I feel that stuff, I go through the exercise of identifying what do I need to keep doing and what do I need to cut from doing. And then what am I just doing today? Stop worrying and stressing about everything else. What is the one thing I need to do today? And that helps me reset and refocus into this moment, which really helps to kind of curb that burnout as well. Um, and, and that's a big piece of it. And I would say the last piece is just what we talked about at the beginning, understanding there are flows and seasons. And if you know you have a busy season, you have a very productive season, then the two things I would challenge you to do is set the start and stop deadline on this is that season. So for me, I know December 19th, is kind of the end of busy season because people kind of stop holiday shopping at that point, unless you're like rush delivery. So you have that end. So I know, okay, I've got a month. It's all out for this month, but I know once that month's over, it's a reset. And so if you know where there's a finish line, you can usually do a little bit better. The second thing I have to do is cut out the word busy. Like I've used here a few times and instead say productive. Because busy is negative, it's heavy, you feel like you're a hamster on a wheel, constantly spinning tires and spinning your feet. Productive, you feel confident and accomplished because you're getting things done. And so I did it with one of my clients as they're getting ready for their busier season is we scrapped it. Everybody has to say productive. If somebody says busy, a teammate has earned the right to call them out. And so for me, it's the same thing is how are we having productive days, not busy days? How am I being productive today? Not how am I staying busy? And so the more I use productive, the more I stop focusing on burnout because I'm like, what am I doing today to be productive and keep that momentum going until the very productive season slows down around the holidays and I can enjoy some time to reset. Awesome. Yes. It's interesting to keeping yourself accountable into, am I being busy or am I being productive? Especially you guys, if you are an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, so, so crucial. This I have a big, uh, I have a big, like 
called a desk board, buddy. So like, if you're watching, like this is a white one, it's like a whiteboard. Um, I have a black one downstairs and right literally on the front right side is it asked me the question I wrote it down is what I'm working on right now, helping me get to where I want to go. And I put it there as just the daily reminder of whatever task I'm doing. When I look down at my keypad, I see it. And it's just a quick reset of yes, I am, or no, I need to stop doing this and focus elsewhere. And so that has been a subtle cue to help kind of have that reset when you need it. And I would encourage anybody listening, do the same thing, put a sticky note on your computer, on your desk, like, is this helping me get to where I want to go? And that's just kind of that, that reminder of knowing where you want to go, setting that vision with you as you talked about him, but then making sure what I'm doing, excuse me, today is helping me get there. Beautiful. Yes. Oh, so good. Okay. I'm going to use that for sure. I have these, use it, steal it, run with it. Oh my gosh. I have these sticky notes and I like have them everywhere, but it's really great because they're clear. So it's kind of aesthetic, you know? (laughs) So you're saying like the, the backdrop you have right now with your logo and the lights is very organized and neat, but where you're facing, it's just a smorgasbord of sticky notes. Yeah. I have (laughs) clients names. I like, I'm, this is how much I'm thinking about it. It's just, it's right here in front of my face all the time. (laughs) Love it. All right. So I have just a couple more questions. Let's do it. So I want to know to the person that's considering making big changes in their life and they're listening to this for whether it's like they want to work on personal development, fitness, uh, nutrition, something with their business. What advice would you give them if they're interested in getting started, but they're too scared to make that choice? Yeah. So you can be like everybody else kicking off on January 1st. Uh, But I would tell you to do two things. I would set a very detailed goal. Losing weight is not a detailed goal. Getting stronger is not a detailed goal. I want to lose 15 pounds, detailed goal. I want to be able to fit in the pants I wore in college, detailed goal. The more detailed your goal is, the more likely you are to achieve it. Because when we're, our brain just hates vague. It hates the idea of vague, it needs a target. So the more detailed our goal is, the more likely we are to achieve it. And then here's the cool part. Once you set the detailed goal is to ask yourself, what's one thing I can do today or every day? One little thing that's going to help me get there. So if it's lose weight, maybe I'm going to say, I'm not going to drink alcohol today, or I'm going to avoid bread, or I'm going to stop. I'm going to cut out sugar for the next month. And just say, what, what's one thing? Don't worry about 15 million things you could do of like, I'm going to go do two a days at the gym. I'm going to run five miles in the morning. I'm going to get up and do it. Just one thing. Pick one single thing that would help you get closer to that goal and just try it. Try it for one day. Then the next morning, wake up and see if you want to try it again. Some people it's drinking. I need to drink a gallon of water every day because I'm just on coffee and booze. I don't drink enough water. Some people it's, I need to cut out sugar. So I'm only focused today on eating that doesn't have sugar. I'm not worried about other things that I'm going to put in, but I'm just making sure I don't put in sugar. I don't put in alcohol. If I'm trying to go to the gym and I want to get stronger, like what specifically does that look like? Is it squats? Cool. Find a squat program online. There's a million that are free. Hatch is a great starter program. Just go into the gym and start doing it for one day. But the more detailed the goal is, and then once we have the the detailed goal, setting just a daily 
check mark that we can check the box. And the best way to reinforce this is just putting a calendar on your refrigerator or in your car. And every day that you complete it, put a big red X in the box. Um, I talk about this in my book in one of my talks, but when Jerry Seinfeld, the famous comedian, started his career, one of the things he challenged himself every day to do was write a new joke every day. And so it didn't matter how good or bad it was. He just needed to get in the habit of writing jokes daily. So he'd write a joke. He'd go over to his fridge and he'd put a big red X in the box for that day on the calendar. New day, new joke, new X. And he said, after a while, you see the momentum, you see the progress you made and you stop stressing about having to write a joke every day. And you just think about how do I keep this momentum going? Because our brain loves to see streaks. It loves to see that momentum. And so that's it. That's it for you. Detailed goal. Find a daily target, put a calendar on your fridge and just do that every day and then put an X in the box to reward yourself for doing it so that you're going to see your progress made. You're going to see your own momentum. And if there's a day you mess up, start it the next day, get it back going again and see how you can visually do it as a reminder. Yeah. I think so many people that they'll break that streak and they're like, oh, I suck. Like I quit, you know, it's, I see oh. time. I'm like, Hey, where, where's your food log been for the past month? <laughs> I mean, heck, the food log is a great one of like, I had egg whites and bacon for breakfast and up walked into the office and there were donuts, had a donut instead of being like, what do I need to eat at lunch to get back on track? It's like, let's go get pizza and beer the rest yep. of the day. Screw it. I'm out. Like we let <laughs> one thing ruin it. But if we're tracking it and we're following it and we just stick with that detailed, like reset, how do I reset and refocus? You're able to get those streaks going again. Yeah. I use the adage of, you know, if you were driving to work and you accidentally ran a red light, you wouldn't run all the rest of the red lights on the way to work. You might, you'd have a lot of tickets coming your way though in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. You guys take it step-by-step. Step. Um, it doesn't have to be this big daunting thing. Yep. Okay. So for my last question, um, just something personal for you that I would like to know. Okay. What is something that you are currently working on to make your life even better? Something I'm currently working on to make my life even better. I'm in the process of rewriting my keynotes. And the reason I say that is because if my keynote is better, it creates more opportunities from audience members to get me on more stages, which helps me get to where I want to go. So that's one from a professional standpoint. From a personal standpoint, it's turning off notifications on my phone for different social media apps and being okay, not always plugged in and that I don't have to respond to every comment or DM to compete every time it comes in, I can wait. Um, and so those are the two, cause I help, I think those will help me refocus um, as well as that. And then I would say on the third side, from a relational standpoint, November this weekend, and then in January, I've invested time to go to either have an event or go to an event or host an event with other peers. So November, I was at a mental performance uh, event with like 30 or 40 mental performance coaches. Uh, this weekend, I'm hosting some different speakers that are coming into Dallas to kind of mastermind. And then next month, I'm going to a friend's event in Austin uh, to support with some other movers and shakers. But really just putting myself in rooms with people where it's not a pissing contest to see who makes the most money, who's the most popular, who has the biggest following, but it's a bunch of people going into the room that are all doing really good stuff and just saying, how can I help? How can I make sure we all win? Let's all learn from each other. And so I'm going and spending more and more time in those rooms that 
2020 and 2019, I didn't get as much. Obviously, 2020 was a weird year in itself, but 2019, I didn't get as much because I was traveling a lot speaking. In 2018, I was in the early stages and just trying to manage chaos with life and work at that point. So really my commitment is getting back into those rooms uh, because you're sharpened, you learn from them, and it's not an ego play. Everybody that enters the right type of rooms has a curiosity factor to them. And there's just so much to learn as well as so much to add value to those type of people. And, and so that's where I want to be more in life. Yeah. Ah, that's so inspiring for me too. That That is something that's on my docket. Just connect with like-minded people. So, so important. Beautiful. Okay. So where can my listeners find you? What services do you offer? Tell us all the things. I make it super easy for everyone. So competeeveryday.com is the hub. If you're on social, compete every day. Check out one of Kim's awesome picks online. She's tagged us in some of those for sure. Um, and I would say start there. Uh, you'll find out about the podcast. We're on Spotify, iTunes, you name it. It's just Compete Every Day. My book is Compete Every Day. I, I try to make it as easy as possible for folks to find us. Uh, but yeah, just go over there and then drop us a DM. Say you heard it here on the show. If you have any questions about anything we talked about today, more than happy to answer them for you. Uh, so just give a shout out and say hi. But yeah, compete every day and, and shout out to you, Cam. I really appreciate just the chance to hang out. Obviously, today's always fun and, and I've enjoyed our jam sessions. Yes. And you guys like Jake is the guy behind the curtain on the social media. And I'm not kidding you. He responds to everything. I'm like, Oh my gosh, he's very like connected and responsive. Um, I'm excited. You take time out of your day to follow and engage with us. Like I am a hundred percent going to say hi, because it means so much to me. I get a little too fired up with some people and the trolls online because I take it personally sometimes when I shouldn't. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's like you, like you're, when you're building something and, and that brand is a lot of you, like most people don't understand how, like I follow or buying a shirt or picking up an, a book, recommending a book, like that means so much to the people that have created it and put it in time. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it as long as I can. My team may not let me forever, but, uh, yeah, for right now, I'm going to keep being engaged and, and adding as much value and interaction as I can. And most people don't know it's me, which is kind of fun too. It's kind of fun. Cause they're like, who is this guy? And they're I know. <laughs> talking all kinds of shit. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Oh man. I, I have the journal right now in my cart. I was like creeping through today and like picking some new clothes out, um, on compete every day. So you guys, like I, I consume this stuff, go do the same. I have the audiobook on my audible. I'm obsessed. So I know my listeners will be too. If you're okay with the Texas accent you've heard today, audiobooks for you. If you are not okay with Texas accent, definitely grab a paperback copy. <laughs> people, people often mistake me for a Texas accent. That's good. Carolina. So you're probably in good company. <laughs> you got a little more draw like that's that Southeast. You got a little more draw yeah. uh, to it, but I mean, mine comes out after like a tequila or two pretty good. Like it's a, it's a lot stronger twang. Exactly. I get really comfortable with you and yep. like, the the eyes start to get longer. Yep. Eyes, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Awesome, Jake. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I'm sure I'll catch up with you very soon. Thanks, Kim. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Never Set a Life podcast. I would love to have your rating and review. So let me know how you liked it. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend and someone that would enjoy it as well. 
Let me know what you would want to hear more of. Send me a comment in my latest Instagram post at never settle life on Instagram. Until next time, I'm Coach Kim. I'll talk to you soon. Have you ever felt like there's something inside of you and, and it just knows, it knows where you're going? And you're so busy doubting yourself. And you're so busy being afraid of your own